All right, well, come with me in your Bibles. We've only got a few. I've already started the countdown. Oh, gosh. Come with me quickly to First, First uh, Kings chapter 20. First Kings chapter 20. The title of my message tonight is The God of All Territories. The God of All Territories. I, I want you to know that um, one of, the, one of the, the signs, one of the symptoms, one of the behavioral identifications of wickedness is the Bible says it becomes very, very haughty. The wicked in their delusion become very, very haughty and very arrogant. And so they begin to, they're not just content with destruction and desolation and chaos, but they actually, they actually want to boast and pipe off and and we're kind of seeing that around the place at the moment. The, vic- the wicked, very, very haughty. Very, very haughty. Very, very prideful, boasting that they are getting away with literal murder and no justice is happening. But, but just because it's not happening, just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's denied. Oh, it's coming, sweetheart. Let me just tell you, darlings, the, the, the justice train has left the station. It has left the station. It is on its way. And you don't want to be in the way, but the wicked are too blind to see it. Anyway, so come with me. First Kings chapter 20. Uh, we're going to read 30 verses. So I'm going to try and power through. So I know it'll come up on the screen behind me. It says, Now Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together. 32 kings were with him. I, I wanted to preach a message that might encourage you tonight. So the, the king of Syria gathered all his forces. It feels like the whole world is coming against you. Not only the whole world, but 32 kings, 32 nations have signed on. 32 kings were with him with horses and chariots, and they went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it. This time, King Ahab is locked up, in, he's held up in Samaria. That's where the king of Israel is dwelling right now. Then he sent messages into the city to Ahab, the king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Your silver and your gold, mine. Your loveliest wives and children, mine. And the king of Israel, now just, we love Israel. We, we, we love the nation of Judah. But not every Israelite king was a good one. Some were pretty bad. This one the Bible says, was the worst of the lot. So, so Ahab, the king of Israel's response in verse 4, answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, I and all that I have are yours. I don't know if I'd be saying the same thing, but I'd be preaching a different message tonight. If I said the same thing, we, we'd probably be social distance, all wearing masks. We'd have plexiglass screens. I'd be wearing uh, skinny jeans and a V-neck. <laughs> but I'm not Ahab. Then the messengers came back and said, thus speaks Ben-Hadad. So the messengers now come back. Indeed, I've sent to you saying, you shall deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children, but I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time. And they will search your house and the houses of your servants. And it shall be that whatever 
is pleasant in your eyes, they will put it in their hands and take it. So the king of Israel called all the elders of the land, finally, and said, notice please and see how this man seeks trouble. For he sent to me for my wives and my children, my silver and my gold, and I did not deny him. And then all the elders and all the people said to him, do not listen or consent. Therefore he said to the messengers of Ben-Hadad, tell my lord, the king, all that you sent for to your servant the first time I will do, but this thing I cannot do. And the messenger departed and brought back word to him. Then Ben-Hadad sent to him and said, I'll accept the first offer. Fair enough. I went a little bit too far, didn't I? I was just, I got carried away. You know, I'm sitting on a throne. I feel like I'm pretty. Oh, sorry, that's not what it says. It says, then Ben-Hadad said to him, the gods do so to me and more also if enough dust is left of Samaria for a handful for each of the people who follow me. So the king of Israel answered and said to him, finally, tell him, let not the one who puts on his armour boast like the one who takes it off. And it happened when Ben-Hadad heard this message as he and the kings were drinking at the command post that he said to his servants, get ready. And they got ready to attack the city. Suddenly a prophet approached Ahab, king of Israel. Suddenly a prophet approached. Suddenly Hammer Heinrichs approached. Suddenly Becky Lynn. Suddenly... Leanne Matesia, suddenly a prophet approached Ahab, the king of Israel. Suddenly Dana Piper approached the king of Israel and said, thus saith the Lord, have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into your hand today and you shall know that I am the Lord. So Ahab said, by whom? And he said, thus says the Lord, by the young leaders of the provinces. So now I realize that the prophet was probably, uh, it, was, it was probably Marissa, pile or sterling pile by the young people, by the young leaders of the provinces who will set the battle in order. He answered, you. Then he mustered the young leaders of the provinces and there were 232. And after them, he mustered all the people, all the children of Israel, 7,000. So they went out at noon. Meanwhile, Ben-Hadad and the 32 kings helping him were getting drunk at the command post. The young leaders of the province went out first. Ben-Hadad sent out a patrol and they told him saying, men are coming out of Samaria. So he said, if they've come out for peace, take them alive. If they've come out for war, take them alive. Then the king, then these young leaders of the provinces went out of the city with the army which followed them and each one killed his man. So the Syrians fled and Israel pursued them. And Ben-Hadad and the king of Syria escaped on a horse with the cavalry. Then the king of Israel went out and attacked the horses and chariots and killed the Syrians with a great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, go strengthen yourself, take note and see what you should do. For in the spring of the year, the king of Syria will come up to you. Now, this is the verse. I did all of that for this next verse, verse 23. This is the verse that we're going to open up and land on today. Then the servants of the king of Syria said to him, their gods are the gods of the hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we. But if we fight against them in the plain, surely we will be stronger than they. The title of my message is the God of all territories, the God of all territories. Let's keep reading verse 24. We've got five more verses to go. So, so do this thing, dismiss the kings each from his position and put captains in their places. And you shall muster an army like the army that you have lost, horse for horse, chariot for chariot. Then we'll fight against them in the plains. So this is the Syrians guys saying, come on, let's, let's, let's remuster, let's re-rally, let's replace everything and let's go after them. Let's put an army together like they've never seen. 
Then we'll fight against them in the plain and surely we'll be stronger than they. And he listened to their voice and did so. Verse 26, so it was in the spring of the year that Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were mustered and given provisions, so they went against them. Now the children of Israel encamped before them like two little flocks of goats, while the Syrians filled the entire countryside. Then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not a God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into your hand. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And they encamped opposite each other for seven days. So on the seventh day, the battle was joined. The children of Israel killed 100,000 foot soldiers of the Syrians in one day. But the rest fled to Aphek into the city where a wall fell and killed 24,000 of the men who were left. And Ben-Hadad fled and went into the city and hid in an inner chamber like the coward witch weasel that he is. Amen. I know I added that last part in there. Amen. Amen. I love that because in 2020, 2021, when, when darkness came in like a flood, when, when the whole world was, was hit with COVID and riots and, and race riots and chaos and disorder and the, the, the media were, were complicit in everything. Fear went to a new level. Anxiety went to a new level. And then they started censoring. They, they started censoring posts and censoring news. And, and then they started isolating and shutting down and shutting down businesses. And there were a lot of people that began to say, my God, where is God in all of this? Where is God in all of this? And, and we knew that people in a time of darkness need light. Yeah. We, we know in a time, in time of chaos, people need peace. Last time I read my Bible, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And so we knew we had to open. We knew we had to open. One of the reasons we knew we had to open is, is because people were looking for God. Elisha, the servant of Elijah, when Elijah went up to heaven, Elisha grabs the scroll that fell down, the mantle that fell down, he rolled it up and he struck the water of the Jordan and said, where is the God of Elijah? And God says, here I am, and opened it. There's a story where Elijah is, is, is in a cave. Jezebel has said, by this time tomorrow, you'll be as dead as my prophets that you just slaughtered. And he fled into the wilderness. He's hiding in a cave. And the Bible says that the, the, there was a mighty earthquake and everything shook, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. It says, and then there was a fire that just began to rage all around him. And, and we know that God is, a, is an all-consuming fire, but there was, God wasn't in the fire. Then a strong wind tore into the rocks, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. And then it says, and then a still small voice said to Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? God doesn't need the dramatic. He, he doesn't need an announcement. He doesn't need triumphant. He doesn't need jubilant. He doesn't need the trumpets roaring from heaven. He doesn't, he, he's not, he wasn't in the earthquake, even though he, when he stood, the earth quaked, the Bible says in Psalms. Even though the Lord is a consuming fire, he wasn't in the fire. Even though God comes to, to Ezekiel in a whirlwind, he's not in the wind. Because God's saying, hey, even though I was in those things, 
Don't you dare consign me. Don't you dare assign me. Don't you dare limit me. I'm not a God that is only a God of the mountaintops. I'm not a God that only does spiritual things. A lot of people, a lot of people, especially in the United States of America or in the Western world, have kind of consigned God to, well, God, you turn to God, Pastor John, when you need something spiritual. But, you know, other than that, just get on with your life. But I need you to understand that the same God who sits in the heavens is the same God who presides over the marketplace. He's the same God who will meet you in your bed. He's the same God in a bathroom. He's the same God on your drive to work. He's the same God. He's the same God who will work in your marriage. He's the same God who will work in your children. He's the same God that will deliver you from dead. He's the same God that will heal you of your diseases. Do not limit God. He's the God of all territories. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is and the fullness thereof belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So let me give you three thoughts from, from this passage. The first thought I want you to understand understand is do not accept evil's peace terms. When evil comes trying to give you terms of peace, Ahab, because he's a coward, and let me tell you why he's a coward, because he's moved away from the Word of God. When you move from the Word, you will move towards cowardice. When you move towards the Word, you'll move towards courage. Oh, where's that in the Bible? Glad you asked. Joshua chapter 1. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1, three times, God says to Joshua, Josh, you're taking over from Moses, right? So you're going to cross the Jordan. There are giants that you saw, the sons of Anak over there. The cities are fortified. The people are numerous. It's a land that devours its inhabitants, but you're going to dispossess them. But I need you to be strong and I need you to be courageous. I need you to be strong, need you to be... On the third time, he says, I want you to be strong and courageous. And this is how you get it, my boy. He says, I want you to meditate in my word day and night. Do not let it depart from you for then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. As you draw near the Word of God, it will put courage on the inside of you. As you move away from the Word of God, fear, anxiety, stress, distress will begin to rise. That's why in this church, we're determined we're a Word church. We don't care what's popular. We don't care what the media is saying. We don't care what, what the, the World Health Organization is saying. We don't care what the Evangelical Christian Union Union is saying, we don't care what other people say that we should or shouldn't be preaching. We're going to preach to you. The Word of God is going to be prophetic. It's going to be powerful because I have an assignment to put courage on the inside of you to stand up against tyranny. We don't accept evil's terms of peace. But Ahab has no, so he's like, oh, yes, yes, take my wives and my children and my silver and my gold. Can, can I just, just say to you that you, you can't coexist with evil? No, nowhere in the Bible does, does the Bible say, well, just, you know, coexist with evil. The Bible says where to resist evil. The Bible says where to overcome evil with good. The Bible says where to drive out evil. Nowhere does it say coexist with it. I remember many years ago seeing a, a story where there was a, a, a young girl who had uh, a pet python. And, uh, and she was posting on Instagram about her python. And she said, yeah, it's really weird. He's gone off his food. He's gone off his food. But anyway, he's so cute. He lies with me in bed at night and she posts a photo of the python and he's, and he's stretched out right next to her. And someone who's a python expert says, OMG. The reason he's not eating and the reason he snuggles up to you and stretches himself out rather than being coiled is because he's sizing you up to eat you. 
She thinks, isn't he cute? He's so cuddly, he wants to be close. No, no, he's sizing you up to eat you. Be careful what you coexist with. Be careful what you bring. Be careful what you cuddle up to. Exactly. See, Ahab thought he could appease evil. But how many people begin to find out that you can't obey your way out of tyranny? If you don't believe that, just have a look at Australia right now. Oh, mate, it's just 15 days to flatten the curve, mate. No, that's, that's all it is. No, 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 they just got to shut down the businesses just for, you know, no, they just got to, you just got to socially distance and isolate, man. And then, and then they give us, give us our, no, no, no. Now, the, once everyone's vaccinated, no, once everyone's had two, no, once everyone's had their booster shot. Well, you know, right now in Australia, if they text you, you have to send them a selfie immediately so they can track to see where you are. If you don't answer within, I think it's within 15 minutes, the police will come. You'll either be fined or go to prison. Yeah, because fools think that you can obey your way out of tyranny. You cannot obey your way out of tyranny. Tyranny must be stood up against. Evil must be resisted. The Bible says, resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And I need you to understand, I need you to understand, Ben-Hadad's response is, let me just tell you, like he's not content, it wasn't, I'll give, you, I'll give you the gold and the silver and my wives and my children, that I'll do, but the, the next part, no, you've gone too far. He, he doesn't say, okay, well, let's dial it back. All right, then, well, you know, if you've had COVID, you've got, you know, natural immunity, we'll just, okay, you don't need a vaccine, but it's not about your health. Thank it's about dominating, it's about subjugating, it's about intimidating, it's about enslaving. And so as soon as, as Ahab pushed back the agenda, I will crush you, I will destroy you, I will, any, when you oppose, that's when we see what, they, what they're really made of. But oppose, we will, somebody say amen. And I'll tell you how we oppose. Number two is your testimony is greater than the boast of your enemy. Your testimony is greater than the boast of your enemy. If we can put verse 11, 1 Kings 20 verse 11 up there again. Your testimony is greater than the boast of your enemy. In verse 11, have a look what, what uh, Ahab says to him. He says, let not him or let not the one who puts on his armor boast like the one who takes it off. Let not him who puts on his armor, but Goliath put on his armor and was boasting, give me a man that we may. He was piping off morning and evening, morning and evening, morning and evening. He was boasting, saying, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to crush, I'm undefeated. Bring me a man that I can crush him. You're going to crush him, aye, like a worm. How do you crush a worm? With a rock. It's from Braveheart anyway. And so... For 40 days, Goliath is boasting. But you know what? David, when he comes to, Goliath, uh, to Saul, says, I'll go and fight Goliath. He's like, no, no, you, have you heard this man? Have you seen this man? Have you listened to him piping off? He's undefeated. And David said, let me tell you my testimony. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. 
And when a lion or a bear came to try and take one of the lambs from the flock, I went after the lion. I went after the bear and I struck it. And when I struck the bear, it rose up against me. So I grabbed it by the beard and I struck it and I killed it. I slaughtered it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this Philistine will be like the lion and bear because the same God that delivered me from the paws is the same God who will deliver me from... The same God that started our church, the same God that sustained our church, the same God when I drove into San Marcos and He said, buy And I'm like, God, we don't have any money. The same God that said, I'll be with you. The same God that when a $12 million budget blew out to $25 million, the same God that kept the lights on, the same God that kept the money coming in, the same God that kept growing, the same God that when we opened, the same God, the same God that we said we refuse to shut down, we refuse to lock down. Fine us, take away our 501c3. You're not warring against a man. You're not warring against a pastor. You're warring against the God of this pastor. And the, my God is an almighty God. He's an awesome God. Point number three, really quickly. Point number three. Our God rules over all domains. He rules over all domains. They said, their gods are the gods of the hills. But if we fight them in the plains, then we'll be stronger than them, verse 23. Their gods are the gods of the hills. So his counsel was kind of right because Abraham took Yitzhak, his son, and went up onto the mountains, onto the hills of Moriah and put his son on an altar and God met him there with a ram in exchange. And it was a powerful moment. The same God that met Abraham was the same God that met Moses up on Mount Sinai and gave him the Torah, gave him the Ten Commandments. It was, it was the same God that met Moses, Aaron and Hur when Joshua was fighting with Amalek down in the valley. But Moses was on the mountaintop with the rod extended. And when his arms grew weary, Amalek began to prevail. But Aaron and Hur set him on a rock and on the mountaintop. That, and so the, 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 the Syrians said, Aha, we think we found a weakness in their God. Hmm, foolish Syrians, there's no weakness in our God. Our God is omnipotent. Our God is omniscient. Come on, somebody. Our God is all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all present. They said, if we fight him in the valleys, I want you to know the same God that you meet in church is the same God in your low time. He's the same God in your quiet time. He's the same God in your struggle. He's the, he doesn't change. Your circumstances may go up and down. He, the, a, a God who when everything's flourishing and we've got a great economy and the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones and everything is flourishing, that same God is unfazed. He's the same God when there's a famine. He's the same God when there's an economic crisis. He's the same God when our borders are being breached. He's the same God. He doesn't stop protecting. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the king thought, ah, their God, which God can deliver you from my hand? I'm about to throw you into a furnace. Do you really think fire can stop our God? Do you really think heating a furnace seven times hotter? God says, oh, I would have got in, but it's seven times hotter. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, the God that you and I serve will walk into a furnace heated seven times hotter to deliver His boys. Just 
huddle close to me. We're going to blow the mind of this and he protects the God that you and I serve is the God. He's not just the God that promotes Daniel in a palace. He's the God that when Daniel refuses to back down in prayer, when church is closed, when worship is forbidden, when prayer is outlawed, Daniel goes to his house, opens the, 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 the upper room windows to the east and three times bows down in prayer and they throw him in a lion's den because he knows, hey, you don't understand my God. Oh, you think he's just the God of the, the mountaintops? You think he's just a God? He's a God of the valleys. He's a God of the plains. He's the God of the heavens. He's the God of the earth. He's the God of the sky. He's the God of the sea. He's the God that rules over all things. The Lord your God, the God that you and I serve is with you on the mountaintop, but he walks with you in a valley. David, David discovered that the God that brings a king from a, from a shepherd boy looking after a sheep in a sheepfold and elevates him to a throne is the same God that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can fear no evil because you are with me. He's the same God in your valley. He's the same God in your crises. He's the same God when you're going through a, a relational challenge on your brink of divorce. He's the same God when the debt collector comes. He's the same God when the terminal cancer diagnosis comes. He's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. The arm of the Lord is not shortened, that it cannot save, that it cannot heal. He is almighty God. He was almighty God yesterday. He's gonna be almighty God again tomorrow. But I'm telling you right now, right here in this place, He is the almighty God. God, unlimited, uninhibited, undaunted, unfazed, unmatched, unparalleled. There's nobody like Him. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. I'm out of time. I still had so many good notes. I promised I'd be on time. Lift your hands high. I didn't want to just preach a sermon tonight. I felt like God says you need to preach this message. This is the word of the Lord. The God that you and I serve is the God of all domains. We get the word dominion from domain. The kingdom is the king's domain. I want you to know that the kingdom of God rules over the earth. It rules over the sons of men. God in His grace, in His mercy, is allowing the wicked expression. But at any moment, oh, they have no idea. They have no idea that they are tottering over the edge of hell. They are full of arrogance and haughtiness. Do not be intimidated. Do not be afraid. Do not be fearful. In fact, pray for them. Pray for them. But the God that you and I serve is an amazing God. Mikey Kai, I'm trying to have an altar call at church. <laughs> well, excuse me, I'm sorry. Let's, let's... Hey, everybody say hi to Pastor Mike Kai. <laughs> I'm just going to have an altar call and then I'll call you back. Oh, have a great one. Love you. Oh, my gosh. I only do that because my, my phone, if I don't, it just keeps and it distracts me. Hallelujah. Just in, in the last 60 seconds, in the last 60 seconds. Right now, I know that people are, 
you're being forced to take a vaccine. Today, I'm not sure if you saw Project Veritas released today, factual from the inside from a, a Pfizer employee. The vaccine is full of fetal tissue. It is a wickedness that they are forcing people to take something that is made out of aborted babies to put into their system. And they were trying to stop religious exemption. Because I'm telling you, we're dealing with Ben Haddad. We're dealing with somebody that wants to take your marriage, wants to take your family, wants to take your children, wants to take your future, wants to take your silver, wants to take your gold, wants to take your freedom. Klaus Schwab says by 2030, you'll own nothing. You'll have no privacy, but you'll be very happy. That doesn't sound like I'm gonna be happy. Do I have another alternative? Oh, you'll be happy or you'll be shot. You'll be happy or you'll be sent to a concentration camp where you'll learn to be happy with them owning everything and you own it. I don't think so, Bob. I don't think so. And I know what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to unravel our constitution because we have a constitution that was a gift from God. And it is a firewall. It is a firewall. It is a firewall between the despots and the tyrants and the liberty and the freedom of individual people. And I've got to tell you, the torch has been passed to us in this hour, in this generation. And I'm not going to look the future generation in the eye and say, I was too much of a coward to. So I'm so sorry that you live in slavery. I'm so sorry you own nothing. I'm so sorry you have no, 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 not on, not on my watch, Bob. I would rather go down. I would rather be executed. I would rather. Lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you right now for, for courage for those who are standing against mandatory vaccination. Have you noticed it's not about health, it's about subservience. Because right now, all the science and the data shows that if you have had COVID and recovered, not only do you have lifetime immunity, but you have 27 times the immunity and resistance as someone who's taken the vaccine. In fact, right now, they're trying to get the unprotected to, they're trying to bully the unprotected to take the protection of the protected because the protected don't feel protected from the unprotected because the protection that didn't protect the protected, they want you to get it. But if the protection that protected the protected works, why do you need the unprotected to take your protection if it doesn't protect you? If you followed me, you would have caught it. If, 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 if a, they're not saying anything about, oh, well, you know, that, you know, if you want to travel, you can either have a vaccine passport or if you've had it, knock yourself out. Hey, we're all about it. It's not about health. It's about control. It's about control. Where there's control, there's no freedom. God didn't control Adam and Eve. He gave them freedom. So Father, I pray for those who are facing job losses. And this is what I want you to hear. I want you to hear this. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if one door closes, do not think that the Lord can't open three doors in its place. Do not think that if you have to let go of this job, that God won't open that job. 
that God want to open this door, that God, you may lose a source of provision, but you will not lose your provider. Your God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and in seeing provides. And then right now, if anybody has taken the, the vaccine in, into your body, we don't, there's no guilt. There's no guilt, shame, condemnation here. But I do want to pray for those people because the Bible says if, if as a Christian, if you drink anything deadly, it shall by no means harm you. Now listen to me, let me just tell you where I live. I live in this place. I trust God, but I question government. I trust God, but I'm suspicious of the agendas of men. F foolish people trust government and question God. Trust man and a suspicion. No, 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 flip it around the other way. You can trust God, God is good. But man, so if anybody's taken the vaccine, just put your hand on your, your chest right now and I'm gonna pray for you. And I'm gonna pray that any poisons, any graphene, anything that has entered your system will be annulled in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says no weapon formed against you. I want you to know this, this thing was weaponized. It was funded, sadly, out of the NIH. It was funded, gain-of-function research. How can we weaponize a flu? We want a, a global vaccine to reduce the world's population. We're gonna put poisons and toxins in it. Yeah, guess what? You didn't count on the power of God. You didn't count on the anointing of God. So right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to any poison and any toxin in anybody as the shepherd of this flock that loves and cares for these beautiful sheep with the power of God and the anointing of God, I declare all toxins, all poisons, all graphene, all metals, everything that was sent to bring harm, to bring poison, to bring destruction, to bring death, I annul in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare under the anointing of God, it disintegrates. I declare under the anointing of God, it dissipates. I declare under the anointing of God, it eliminates from their bodies. It eliminates, it passes from their bodies, freedom health and I declare a supernatural protection. I pray for those who are in fear of COVID, that fear would be vanquished, that you do not need to live in fear. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, all my soul, all that is, He forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. The Lord your God is a mighty shield, a mighty fortress, a mighty deliverer. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Your God is a healing God. He's a delivering God. You do not need to fear the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that strikes at the noonday. Only with your eyes you shall observe. It shall not come near you. It shall not come near your house. Father, I thank you for freedom over these beautiful people. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.